Good morning. Welcome to the Republican Professor. We welcome today Wendy Hoffen from San Diego County Gun Owners and the Not Me SD campaign, which is Second Amendment activism in California, Southern California specifically. Thank you for joining us, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome. Wendy, I've seen around at meetings uh, for a while, uh, especially I think it was our first meeting back after um after quarantine the, yeah yeah so we're we're back meeting in person thank god and uh i've seen wendy around coming up from san diego we're in or i'm in orange county and curtis is in texas joining us um wendy we thought we would start off by just asking you how did you get involved in second amendment activism Sure. So I um, first became a gun owner in my early 20s. It was the first time I'd ever picked up a gun. And I kind of navigated that whole system on my own. I didn't really have any resources. I didn't know who to ask. Um, I did hang out at gun shops all the time and (laughs) got a little bit of information here and there. Did a lot of Googling. And once I started getting comfortable with firearms, one of the things that I heard a lot from people around me were that they wanted to get involved in firearms as well, but they didn't know how to get started, Um, particularly the women um, in my life. So um, I had a lot of girlfriends and, and family members who would reach out and say, um, I've always wanted to learn how to shoot, but I don't know where to start, or I, uh, I just feel really intimidated. I don't want to be the only female Definitely. in the room. Um, it's all guys. I feel like they're all staring yeah. at me, you know, all of the same things over and over again. Yeah. 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 Um, so eventually I just decided to become an instructor. Um, I got my instructor certification. I started teaching and, as I was getting more involved in teaching, um, I got a little bit involved in politics as well. And so it was around the same time San Diego County gun owners came into existence. And I really, really liked what we were doing as, as a group. I was a board member. I was a, um, one of the founding board members of the organization, um, started volunteering a lot. Eventually, I um, was hired on to help as staff as well, and I kind of moved my way uh, up there a little bit. So, um, so now I'm the CEO. I got my MBA last year uh, from USC. So, um, it has helped a lot with running a business because essentially it is. But even though our goal is politics, right? Um, and now I just love what I do. And I see the difference that we make every day in people's lives and it's really inspiring and it's really fulfilling. Yeah, definitely. That sounds great. Wendy, I did not know that you were a founding board member. I guess I probably should have known that. Um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to, I just realized I didn't, I, I wanted to be sensitive about any, if you are sensitive about ages, because I, and we didn't talk about that before we started recording. So, um, but um, I, I was trying to keep track of the timeline. And when you said your early twenties, I just had to realize, I, I was like, 
I have no idea how, when that was in reference to, to, was this last year, you know, kind of thing. Um, so, oh, I was thank like, you. but then when you said, uh, you were, you were there at the beginning. Okay. As I, I was like, okay, that was like 2015, right? right. 14, 15. And yeah. So I became a gun owner. Let's just say more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll leave okay, it there. So it's been a while. Uh, yes. the, ki- the kids are saying it's been a minute now, which I don't yes. understand that phrase. It's like, what? <laughs> or what? a hot minute. Yeah. Oh, hot minute. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard Hyperbole that to the nth degree. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Okay. Um, because usually I just say, nah, cause I was here. <laughs> I was here a minute ago, you know, and they look at me like, but, um, okay. So, uh, what was it? if we can dig in that a little bit more, what was it that led to that first firearm purchase and the, the interest that came right before that? Or how, how long were you interested before you actually pulled the trigger and unintended? Yeah. Um, Did you grow so- up shooting? Did you grow up? in the second amendment activism or no, I didn't at all. Actually. Um, I hadn't touched a gun until I was, I think 20. I had a friend who was in the military. He, um, he and his wife took me out shooting once. Mm. And then, um, that was really, how old were were you at that time? I I think I was 20, um, at the time. And, and then I didn't touch a gun for another couple of years after that. But what happened was, um, I was in a relationship that was, that ended poorly. Um, the, the guy was basically stalking me, um, sending me rude messages. He knew where I lived. He would send me messages about like where my car was parked or, oh, I didn't see, um, I didn't see your car there this morning. You must've been out all night, you know, doing unspeakable things. So he, he was just very aggressive and, um, really made me really uncomfortable. Mm. And I, um, started seeing someone else and he was very into firearms. And that's really what got the ball rolling. Um, he saw the need for me to be able to protect myself and started teaching me how to shoot. Um, oh, so your new boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Sorry. I misunderstood the old one. I thought your old, the old one was. No, the new one got me into guns mm-hmm. um, because he saw that as, you know, as a single female living in downtown um, and it wasn't the greatest neighborhood either. He saw that it was a really great way for me to be able to learn how to protect myself and be my first, my own first responder. Um, so that's what got me started. And then, you know, we eventually broke up and I had already purchased my first gun. I was really into it. I loved shooting. Um, and I just kept going. I was shooting on my own at least once a week at the time. Um, I miss those days. I don't shoot Mm. that often anymore, but it was, (laughs) yes, you know, it was my, it was mainly my only hobby at the time. So I dedicated <laughs> a lot of time and money to it and I really enjoyed it. And I really wanted to share that experience with other women as well. What was your first gun that you purchased? It was a Sig Sauer P239. Um, 
I brought it on consignment, but it was in perfect Ooh. condition. Ooh. And I still have it. Wow. Uh, but it's probably, it probably needs a new barrel at this point. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I've put Jeez. at least 10,000 rounds through it. Dang. So. <laughs> It's wow. very well loved. Yeah, geez. Nice. Six hours, they last forever. They do. Um that and, and so your first gun you bought used, which is uh usually a, that's a that's for me, I think of that as an advanced step, but you went right into it. Because mm. a lot of people they just buy new because it's just easier, but the used yeah. market the used market takes a little bit of navigating, I think, in California. It's not as convoluted in other states, but I agree. Um, and, and you're totally right. I think normally, especially with my personality, I feel like when yeah. I'm first getting started in something, I really want to like, make sure it's a good product and it's, it's functioning well. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the boyfriend who had introduced me to shooting, um, he took a look at it and, you know, said it was great. I had made friends with the guy. This was at Turner's, um, Mm-hmm. many many years ago san marcos the, what which was one? that which one san marcos uh no there's one in kearney mesa or claremont mesa okay right in that area um so that i had made friends with the the guy who is the manager of the firearms department and he said he basically said if you don't buy it i'm gonna buy it so <laughs> so you know get going on it yeah <laughs> that's awesome um Back when there were 16 cent nine millimeters, geez. Sometimes you could get them for cheaper than that, even sometimes. I think the cheapest I got it was 15 cents, was the cheapest one. Yeah. And it's now at least double that. It's it's more than double that now. I think the best I've seen is like 43 cents around now for nine. I just saw that last week. But um, well, now. So the first time you had gone shooting was kind of a key event for you because after all this other stuff happened personally with your personal relationships, you had already had that experience of being introduced to the firearm and you, and you, did you feel like confident that you could handle it and it was, the mysteriousness was gone? How would you characterize that? It took a while, um, you know, okay. and I am yeah. a, a very methodical person. So I'm the kind of person who like over researches every aspect of something before I feel like I can take my own steps to do something. Mm-hmm. And it was really overwhelming. Um, there's okay. so much stuff out there. There's a lot of really great resources but there's also a lot of really bad resources out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really hard from a beginner's perspective to figure out which one's good yeah. and which one's bad. Um, so it took me a while. Um, I, you know, it took a, a couple of lessons, um, did a lot of research, spent a lot of time hanging out at the range, hanging out at the gun shop, looking at every single gun, figuring out what the differences were. And it was still many, many years, um, probably a couple of years after I started teaching even that I really felt comfortable, like navigating and saying, even calling myself an expert. Um, I remember taking one class and it was, it was a, an intermediate advanced level class. And we had to fill out this form beforehand about our experience level. Mm -hmm. And, um, my husband 
my current husband, um, he, he saw me filling out this form and I was about to check intermediate on the pistol experience level. And he's like, honey, you've been teaching for a couple of years now. I think you can call yourself advanced. I think that's okay. Um, it's just, you know, it was really hard for me to say like, okay, I know enough. Um, cause there's just so much information out there. Yeah. That's, that's a great anecdote. Shows how humble you are. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> well, it can be an asset because then people underestimate you if you're, I mean, if it's an adversarial issue, but yeah, that's uh, what now I'm trying to imagine you're saying you're hanging out these guns at the, in the early years, you're learning. You're, did you feel like you started from scratch? Like oh, yes. started from zero. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. You know, even, even the, that initial, that boyfriend that introduced me to shooting, mm-hmm. um, he was very experienced okay. with firearms. Um, but had, had he been in the military? He, he was, yes. Yeah. There's um, a lot of military down in San Diego. Correct. I was stationed there twice myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. How did you ever leave? I went to boot camp there and then I went to, I I did some special training on Coronado. Nice. Later. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So he, so he was very experienced. He'd worked with SEAL teams and dev grew a lot of special ops stuff. Um, So he was great with firearms, but being great with firearms is also a, a completely different skill set than being good at teaching Absolutely. somebody how to shoot firearms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was something... someone else feel comfortable. Right. Exactly. And, you know, you know, we went, we went out shooting, but I didn't, I don't remember a safety briefing. I don't remember. Um, okay. I yep. don't remember like <laughs> being reminded, Hey, keep your finger off the trigger. There's actually uh, some pictures from way back in the day from a couple of shooting things, shooting, you know, shooting trips that we took where I'm standing there and I'm looking around and I've got my finger on the trigger. And that's something <laughs> that I actually, you know, would harp on somebody else about. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so that was one of the things that I really took into and, and tried to, to work on as I became an instructor is that, you know, there's, there's shooting skills and then there's also teaching skills and, you have to have a little bit of both to be an effective instructor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cringe-worthy photos. <laughs> I try not to share those. I see yeah, it all the time. A, and oh, sorry, good. Oh no, I was just going to say that's not a common, a commonly understood realization that uh, there are teachers and there are players. Um, mm-hmm. uh, y- you know, I mean, it's it's like that in sports. There's good coaches and good players, and they don't always they aren't always the same. It's yeah. like that in academics. It's like that here in firearms. Absolutely. And you don't have to be a great shooter to be a great instructor either. That's right. You know, I actually just listened to, oh, I can't remember the, you would know him because uh, he, he's an MBA guy and I, uh, his name escapes me. I'll, I'll find it. But I was just listening to him um, on a YouTube that, that had come up in my feed. And he was talking about how in the, in the special forces, they have high performers, low performers, medium performers, and then high trust. And they have, they have this, this uh, scale and yes. they will take all day long, the medium to sometimes even low performer 
that has high trust because the rest of this stuff can be changed, that can be improved and, and that. And so I found that really interesting. It's not always the high performer that, uh, that wins the day. Yeah, I was actually just talking to somebody about that exact book. Um, oh, okay, cool. And I, I can't remember the name either, but, but yes. The, it, but do, you have, do you have their social security number? We could just go with that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll look for it real quick, the social. Yeah, look for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, um, now... I'm trying to picture you, as I was saying, uh, I, I'm trying to picture you in these gun shops at the very beginning. Were you in college at the time? No, no, this was after. Okay. This was afterwards. Um, I was working at a law firm at the time and, you know, for, for a, a fairly long period of that introduction yeah. period, I was single and just hanging out at gun shops by myself. Because <laughs> Wendy, you're unique. You are unique because I, I mean, I've been teaching college for like, almost two decades and i know most of my students just don't hang out at gun shops you know <laughs> and, i mean i do but i'm weird you know and i don't see other professors there either you know and i would notice them i would recognize them I'm like hey but um i did wear my nra hat on on campus uh a couple times and that was interesting that was an interesting experience but um so, uh, Wendy, you like pistols, rifles, shotguns, which I ones? Do. All of the all, above. All, all the yeah. above. Really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the kind of courses you teach and, and, uh, what do you like about teaching? Um, you know, I haven't been teaching as much lately, um, because of San Diego County gun owners yeah, right. uh, is my full-time job. So when I was teaching more, um, I focused primarily on female students there's not a lot of resources available. Um, it's gotten a lot better over the last decade. Decade makes me feel really old. Um, but You're experienced. We need yes. that. We I, need that. Wis I have wisdom. Yes. That's right. I'm glad you're on our side, to be honest with you, with all the research and stuff. Jeez. <laughs> we um, we so, need that, actually. So, um, Yes, I, I primarily taught females. There weren't a lot of available resources for women. Um, there's a lot more available now, but there weren't and still really aren't a lot of female instructors available. Um, there are some really good national level instructors, but you know, then you have to travel and the classes are really expensive. And so my my classes were just an introductory level, you know this is, this is a gun. This is, this is what ammunition is. Um, and I was, I was hearing a lot of the same things in my classes as well, where, you know, they were saying, oh, my husband's really into guns, but I don't want to learn from him. Mm. Um, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, where there's a difference between a good shooter and a good teacher. Yeah. Um, right. but I also find that women learn a little bit differently than men where men, they really like to, to just like dive in and, and get going and like pick up the gun and start shooting and like maybe learn some more intricate functionality later on. Um, but women, particularly ones who are nervous, they really want to be knowledgeable about how the firearm functions yeah. and understand what's going on inside the firearm every time they pull the trigger. 
and it helps um, calm them down a little bit. There's a little less unknown and a little less uh, anticipation because they understand what is happening. And, and so that's, that's how I designed my class. And I saw a lot of, um, I saw a lot of growth and it was really rewarding to teach women and see them like too nervous to even touch it to, um, you know, to the end of the class where they were loading the gun on their own, clearing malfunctions, analyzing their own shots. It was, it's a really cool growth that happens in just a couple of hours. That's awesome. That, that was for whatever it's, Oh, Simon Sinek was the, was the guy I was listening to the business guy. Um, but anyway, that that's very similar to my wife's experience. Um, uh, my wife needed to understand everything that went on inside Mm -hmm. the gun before. And she wanted what, what we did was I had already had a, a gun and, uh, we learned about breaking down the gun all the way down and then reassembling it and all that, that really helped her. Um, and she started on a 22 and then she's like, uh, no, that's not enough, <laughs> but, but it was the place to start, you know, and she appreciated that. And it built trust, um, be, between her and I, in our case. Um, but anyway, like, I'm just wanting to share it's, it's mirroring exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I think some of us that have been in gun for a while have, uh, kind of taken that for granted. We, we already know we come to the table, so to speak, knowing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we take it for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, as an educator, I'm filtering everything you say through my, my experience and, mm-hmm. um, and I've been a mentor at shooting socials and stuff like that. I've had women, uh, come and, and do that. And I think, um, you know, I've had men actually that appreciated that approach that top, I guess I would call it a top down approach, a cognitive approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To calming the nerves. Sometimes when you understand what's going on, it helps you, your thought life helps bring the nervous system into regulation, I think. Uh, and I had a really nervous, uh, friend, um, and his name is beep. Just kidding. I'm not going to say it, but I had a really nervous friend, his first time gun buyer right at the beginning of the pandemic. And, um, I became convinced, uh, I mean, he's, started actually asking me if about buying a pellet gun (laughs) and he was actually afraid like i mean it wasn't it was a big step for even him for for, say that and uh i I said (laughs) um what exactly is your concern here and we talked about it and i realized you know he really needs a firearm that's what he needs um but I was also convinced just with his nerves and his anxiety that probably a 22 also his budget, to be honest with you, but, but a 22 was really where he needed to start. And it was a lot for me to just get him to go, okay, what, no, no, this is not a final thing. You're starting. This is a mm-hmm. journey. You're on a journey. So we, this is the first step, the 22. This is not where you end up necessarily. Um. Of course, it's his choice if that's where he ends up, I guess, but it's not like I'm controlling him. No, you will get a nine millimeter now. You will get a 357 later. No, but, um, but we, so we walked him through the process of getting the, a Buckmark 22, which he's very accurate with. We did not break that gun down, but, but I did show him how to clean it. We did clean it together. And, um, 
some of those 22s are kind of a pain to, to break down. Yes. yes. They're not like a Glock or six, yeah. six hours. Pretty easy, actually. Too. That's all we were working with was a Glock. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Glock, you have to kind of, you know, have those fingernails and yeah, <laughs> that's hard for people. But um, but yeah, he uh, he appreciate And then I, I had a woman. She was from I asked her where she was from. At our shoot shooting socials, our first shooting social I ever did back in 2017 up here in Orange County. And she, I asked her where she was from and she said South Vietnam, which is an interesting answer um, because South Vietnam doesn't exist anymore. Right. So I, I said, okay, so you were from what, what city? She said Saigon. Of course, that city changed to Ho Chi Minh City, I think, when the communists took over. Well, anyway, she had fled here. She was older than me. She'd never touched a gun in her life. She was, she was so frightened of this Glock we were working with. And to be, uh, we were in the range. I mean, we were actually in there. I mean, we did have a pre thing, but we were inside and, you know, the jolts and her nerves, you know, and I, I could tell it was courageous what she was doing is my point. That's what I'm leading up to is it was courageous. She was pushing through her fear to be there, which is courageous. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, I really respected that. Anyway, I, I showed her how to do everything, but I didn't do the top down thing like you did. I, I didn't take it apart. And I, you know, cause we're right there in the, in the stall, you know, <laughs> and, and, there's time limitations there too. I just, yeah, I modeled everything for her. And then I, she squeezed the first round off. I couldn't get it back from her. <laughs> and I tried, I was like, give me the gun. No, but, but she, no, I could not get the, the it back. She went through two boxes. Good for her. And awesome. as she said, here, take a video with my, for my, my, my daughter. And I said, what's your daughter do? She's, she's a student at Berkeley. And I said, you're going to send this to your daughter? Really? Let her <laughs> friends see it. She said, absolutely. That's why I want you to do it. So uh, anyway, that was a fun experience, but it's empowering. That was, I would say that's a bottom up approach because thinker feeler Myers Briggs, uh, she probably was a feeler and she want the, the experience I think made her feel empowered before understanding. I think that that my friend uh, that, that was very anxious, I think he, he's a thinker, mm -hmm. he's a philosopher, and he needed to understand what is happening, what is going on, all mm -hmm. the details. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting, the different learning styles. And um, now I was going to ask you, Wendy, you mentioned that there's not very many females, especially when you first started. Why is that? You have to have a theory about that. Would you like to share us, share with us your thoughts on that? Well, I think females in general, there's, there's less female shooters in general, right? I mean, every single class I've ever taken is, uh, with the exception of maybe one, um, the men outnumber the women by a lot, right? And how many, yeah. how many, how many women are are taking classes is 
exponentially larger than how many women are pursuing teaching and um, and actually able to do that professionally. Yeah. Um, so there's a handful of, of ones in San Diego um, and there's definitely a demand for it. Okay. But I also think that the ones who get involved in teaching, they also are ones who have a lot going on, you know, mm-hmm. their, their parents, their wives, their, um, their, uh, um, employed and, and they do other things. Um, whereas a lot of, a lot of male instructors, uh, as a very generalized, um, as a very, very generalized mm-hmm. point, um, a lot of the male instructors that I know are either, um, just out of the military or they already retired from a long career and then just decided, Oh, I'm just going to pick up teaching on the side. Um, so, so I don't know that it's specific to the gun industry. I think it's specific to any male dominated industry, but, um, there's, there's definitely demand, but there's just not a lot of ways for women to get involved in teaching. Yeah. Well, I've been observing this myself and I I've just noticed it, it, it is puzzling and it, it's a, it's probably a longer conversation when it comes to male dominated anything, right? There's lots of theories about how, why that is and what it is in the case of the military, in the case of the law enforcement, those are historically men typically, right? And those are, what I mean is they're firearms related jobs and careers Mm -hmm. that people can retire from relatively early in life. I mean, you know, you don't see any 80 year old cops, you know, just getting their pension. They're, they're, they usually retire in their forties or fifties, the same with the military. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm sure there's a, that's part of the explanation too. And that, that, that just the time constraints, the unique time constraints, uh, sociologically, I guess I'm not really a sociologist, so I, I'm not, I'm just kind of flirting around with those theories. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of wonder, I mean, if my, my thought on that is a little takes along the lines, a little more the economic perspective where, right. you know, why don't we have, why don't we have more female bricklayers? You know, I wish we had <laughs> male bricklayers well, you know, or, or just, just circumstantial or, or philosophers. Uh, sure. Philo- my discipline philosophies. I mean, not recently there's been more women. Yeah. Yeah. But That's, historically. Yeah. I, are, I think are the women so. kind of like, I wonder if, if just culturally speaking, we're doing like some cultural transition over the, over the last hundred, a couple, couple hundred years from, you know, roles. And now there's a lot more, uh, cross role stuff happening. You know, a lot, uh, women are doing more, more things that men have always traditionally done. And that's vice true. versa. Um, women haven't typically had to be the protector role, uh, mm-hmm. but possibly with the breakdown of the family and more single women and more, you know, things like that, they have had to take that role on themselves more. And, you know, I mean, those are just broad general well, techno- technology has also made a difference, I think. Sure. sure. Because, I think it's also yeah. advancements in civilization. So this is this is a topic that my husband is hmm. 
loves to talk about. So I'm, I'm going to steal some of his concepts right now, but yeah, basically as, as civilization evolves, we're, we're at a point where we don't really need gender roles, you know, traditionally back in caveman days, of course, there's, there's very distinct gender roles because you need to be able to, um, to utilize your skill set for the greater good. And if you're a male and you're larger and you're taller and you're stronger, then your role is going to be a protector. Um, but in today's society, we don't have those requirements where we need to do the most efficient thing that is the best for the society. You know, we're, we're advanced enough where I can do something that I enjoy as opposed to something that I need to do. Yes. And so that breaks down gender construct a little bit and allows us to expand and, and do things that are non-traditional gender roles. Right. Yeah. So like be our own protector. So that's right. Yeah. Well, that's a function of technology. So when you say advanced, you mean technology because, Mm -hmm. uh, for most of, of human history and prehistory too, um, the physicality, the raw physicality, right? It's, it's reduced to that. And including uh, if there was something that a woman wanted to do, <laughs> right? Well, if a man wants to do that and they're stronger, so, but then with the, the advancement of technology, right? Even stuff like the washing machine, the air conditioner, the microwave, uh, vehicles, being able to work from home, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then in the military, I've seen it myself. Um, we are not fighting face to face as much. You can kill somebody with a drone from Las Vegas, Nevada. Why can't a woman do that job? You know, you're not worried about her being shot down and tortured, which is really, you know, that was one of the concerns when women were first getting involved in combat, the, the raw feeling that, you know, you would have, I went through POW school in, in Coronado and, and they, they, they did in the training, they, they played the women off against the men quite often. And that's what would happen in real life. That's exactly what happened to get you to talk, threaten to rape women in, in, and, so, yeah, I mean, it, you're right. Society, well, technology is changing. The firearms have never been more accessible. Firearms training has never been more accessible. And you are correct. You're totally right that there's so much demand and you're tapping into that demand. And that's what I love about what you do because everybody has a right, a sacred right, to defend themselves and not have to rely on the government. Where's the government? They're not there. They're not there relying on, you're not, you can't rely on them necessarily. Mm -hmm. So tell us about your campaign that you have not BSD hashtag, not me SD. How did you come up with that name? Tell us about that. So the name is a little bit of a play on the Me Too movement. Um, right around the same time that I created what, this what program. Which one? What was the, what year was the Me Too again? Was that well? Um, it had been around 17. for a while um, okay. before I created Not Me SD. Mm-hmm. 
but there was, there was a bit of a peak right around the year before. So that would have been 20, 2018, 2017, right? Somewhere in that Sounds right. time period. So there was this big, you know, big movement about commiserating and sharing the bond of being somebody who had experienced sexual assault. And um, I, I understand what the, the purpose of that is, but I also didn't want to focus on wallowing in, you know, in the pain. And what I wanted to do instead was yeah. create a solution, you know, and Absolutely. San Diego County gun owners had been around for a while. Um, we had seen some pretty good success. And what I wanted to do is create a solution that utilized our expertise, which is firearms, and help women learn how to protect themselves. And so, so the idea is that we are creating a way for women to stop sexual assault and domestic violence mm-hmm. um, by helping them become gun owners. So we help them with the process of purchasing and selecting a firearm getting the right kinds of training and um, getting a CCW. And a lot of the, the basis of this program is actually taken from my own experiences from becoming a gun owner. You know, we talked about how intimidating the, just the overwhelming information is mm-hmm. how it's mostly male. It's very male dominated. Um, and there's with the male dominated thing is that, a source of intimidation for women? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So for, for women who are already nervous, they go in to this room full of men who are, who, you know, who they're, who are just, Hey, I'm here to buy a gun or I'm here to learn how to shoot or whatever, you know, whatever the, the, um, the event is. And, and they're, they're usually not nervous, um, typically. Right. And so then a a woman comes in who is nervous and they see this room full of men who seem really confident and they just feel like even more, they feel even more nervous because there's so much confidence in the room and there's so much like, let's just do it and let's just go for it. And we'll just go on the range and pick up the gun and shoot it, you know? And, and so, so it's very intimidating. It's very overwhelming. Um, and so the program is designed for women to connect with another woman, um, an experienced female gun owner. That helps. Um, these are our mentors and our, we call them ambassadors. Okay. And what they're doing is yeah. just creating a safe place for them to, to ask all the questions that they want, to feel like they don't have to ask stupid questions and to know that they're not alone. They're not the only ones who have felt this way, you know, pretty much all of our ambassadors um, have felt like this at some point where they walk in or uh, into a store and like have no idea where to do or where to go, what to yes. do. Um, or, you know, had the experience of walking up to a counter and <laughs> being completely ignored. And like yeah. the, the clerk only talks to the boyfriend or the husband. Um, you know, that happens to me all the time, even today. Um or so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it's yeah, you know, they like the the staff automatically assumes that hey, we're here for the guy, right? The guy is the only reason that we're here at this store. 
or, or maybe I'll ask a question and I'll get something like, Oh, honey, you know, you, you maybe that's, um, maybe that's too big for you or you know, here's, here's a better choice for you. This tiny pink gun, um, pretty much all of all women in the gun, in the gun industry have had some sort of similar experience like that. And so for us to be able to connect with each other and realize like, Hey, we're not alone. You don't have to feel like that. You can go in and ask the right questions with, you know, and I'm happy to help you figure out what those questions are and, and just give them a little bit of comfort and a little bit of moral support when they're, when they're shopping and, and doing their research and help guide them towards resources that we know are reliable rather than the black hole of the internet. Uh, you give them like a list of comebacks to say to that, right No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to, no, no, that's good actually. Uh, because you know, I, I was thinking, Wendy, are you, you really polite? Are, are, are you really polite in public? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's a completely different person. <laughs> it's all, it's all Wendy's fault because Wendy's so polite. If she has these comebacks, you know, it just went to every store. They would learn really fast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just like thought about doing like a secret shopper experience before. <laughs> oh, that would be, be very great. cool, actually. I would watch that. Yeah, th- this is all just you just dropped so many value bombs on us. I, I can't even keep up with it um, because I'll just tell you, I, I I know that there are a lot of men that are very nervous about going into a gun shop because they don't want to look stupid and they don't want to. They're they're terrified of looking stupid in front of other men or looking not masculine or whatever. And I just happen to know that that is a fact. And yes, you do the sample in the, in the store tends to be mostly men. Although I've seen that changing since the 2016 election. I saw, I've been taking pictures secretly probably shouldn't do that, but anyway, I have, because I was like, I, I have to take a record of what I'm seeing here in the gun shop i've seen a lot more women but uh, that's encouraging you know it come out here in texas moving i moved out here from california by the way wendy just so you know um born and, and raised in, in california right Curtis? Yeah, yeah lived there for 48 years and finally moved um oh so that's how old you are yeah uh i've been out here for a whole long time no i'm just kidding uh anyway um so out here it's very common uh you know i go to a decent sized church and I'm on the safety committee there. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm one of a few guys on the safety committee. There's actually, there's almost as many women on the safety committee as there are the guys. And that's good. There's a lot of women in our church that come to church packing, you know, like, and it's great. It's really encouraging to, to go into the gun shops. So there is, you see, it's not uncommon at all here to see women in the gun shops. There's more of a, a, a gun culture in Texas, though. You know, sure. it's very sure. normal to be a gun owner in Texas. But, you know, I spent, I spent the first 20 years of my life, I've never seen a gun in real life. All mm-hmm. I saw was what was on TV, what was in the news, stuff like that. Um, and did you, even, grow up in, did you grow up in San Diego? I grew up in Orange County. So, oh, you know, okay. Just, yeah. okay. just north of San Diego. Um, and even when I moved to San Diego, um, which is a very big military community, and you would yeah. think that there would be more more accepting for gun culture right. in a military town, 
It's California. Um, but I still get a lot of um, shocked faces when I tell people what I do. Oh um, it, you know, so it, it's, it's you're a pioneer, it's you're a trailblazer. It, that's it's awesome what you're doing. Well, thank you. I mean, I, I love I love the the the, the you said early on. Um, I wanted to be, or maybe it was your boyfriend that s- said this, or you said it, like how you, I don't remember the use mention or, of it or whatever, but it was the idea that uh, uh, I wanted to be my own first responder. And that was just, the, I, I love that little tidbit right there, my own first responder. And then, and then the, the, the not me movement, you're, t- you're going from the victimization of a me too movement to mm-hmm. an advocating position of agency not me agency that's right having agency personal responsibility yeah thank you yeah i love it that's key in mental health too uh having a sense of agency like Mm -hmm. there is something you can do you're not just a passive receiver of whatever life throws at you that's right you you now have choices you can make and they might be frightening to you at, at first even though your mind is telling you this is important, but your nerves and your emotional state might be pulling you back. And that's really, isn't that what courage is, is when you push in to do something important because you know, it's important, even if you're afraid it's the right thing to do. And that's, I really commend you for helping women get into this because we absolutely need, this is not an option. This, we are, this is not like, oh, wouldn't this be wonderful? This is, and I'm not even saying it from a, those who know me know, I'm definitely not saying it from an equity perspective. I I mean, this is a necessity. This is a political necessity for protecting moral rights that people have. Everybody has a right to be, uh, not murdered <laughs> not raped amen yes. and not uh i i, I don't think not you have a right not to be afraid the yeah. left the left typically says you have a right not to be afraid and then they use that to say okay now we can take your everybody's gun away because you have yeah. a right not to be afraid well i don't think you have a right not to be afraid i have i think you have a right not to be killed though so if someone's trying to kill you you do have a right to respond with deadly force. So you have a right to effective self-defense. Not, you don't have a right to try and fail. If you have a right, you have a right to make it actually happen where you survive, right? So that you have a right to effective deadly force. And Wendy, you, to, you, have, you totally get it. And you're helping other people get it. How can we support you? How, what can we do? Well, um, you can refer people to our program. So the Absolutely. Not we me, do well. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so not me SD um, is based out of San Diego, obviously. And then we have an identical program in Orange County that's called Not Me OC. And uh, another identical program in the Inland Empire called Not Me IE. And you can find links to all of these programs at notmeca.org. Um, that's our umbrella organization that oversees all of our not me programs. Um, and, you know, helping San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners, um, these 
those organizations are the ones that made these programs happen. Um, so support them, help fight for your Second Amendment rights. And of course, um, you can also contribute directly to the Not Me program. We're actually in the process of opening a 501c3 uh, for, this, awesome. for this purpose because we not only do this, um, we not only do this for free for the, the um, applicants, for the people who are participating in the program, but we also provide grants um, so if, oh, wow. if there's somebody who is unable to get training or get a firearm or get a CCW because of finances, we never want money to get in the way of self-defense. Wow. So That's we have huge. a couple of grants available. We have firearms. We have, um, you know, we help pay for, for training. We pay for ammo um, and help get wow. these people um, protected. So, you know, we, I, I look at women and I see you know, if you, if you take a look at criminal psychology, there's always going to be criminals out there. There are always going to be people who are trying to attack, rob, rape, harm, you know, whatever it is, they're always going to exist. And if you look at how they select their victims, it's always going to be the easiest target that they can find. And typically that's going to be a female. Um, so we, we want to be able to protect ourselves, not just from the criminals, but also from those who, you know, want to do other types of harm. One of the most staggering statistics that I keep in my back pocket um, that people don't realize is that one in three women have experienced some sort of sexual assault involving physical contact at some point in their lives. So imagine three women in your life, the closest three women that you, you have, and probably one of them has experienced some sort of sexual assault. And that's, that's a horrible statistic, you know, and, and to be able to help reduce that, to help women feel like not only they can protect themselves, but that they can also speak up and, and, you know, stand up for themselves is yeah. it's more than just the God. It's, it's changing the culture of sure why, yeah why sexual assault is so common. Absolutely. As a, as a father of four daughters, I, I just love everything that just came out of your mouth. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. That's the way, that's the way we try to raise our kids. Michael Schwartz called you his secret weapon. And I just remembered, I was supposed to tell you that. <laughs> so I was like, I told him, I was like, I'll tell her. And I then I almost, why. I almost stopped. And then, you know, you know, we're, but I'm glad I told you I can see why. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you are unique and I love what that, what you're doing is to help you make yourself not unique. Amen. That, that's a high compliment for you because yeah. a lot of people just want to be unique and then that's their deal. Look how unique I am. And, you know, you can't compete with me, but you are, helping women push into hard things you're educating men including me and i salute you for that yeah, absolutely i uh, that's what this podcast is all about is about learning and having conversations that advance our understanding of, of the world and also just if we can use our podcast to to do some a little bit of advocacy when it comes to the truth, which is what you're doing. You're pumping truth out, yeah. 
and uh, we're, we want to be friends of the truth. There's a lot of victimization out there. seems like it's not going to go away. That, that value bomb you dropped on us about criminology, like, I think that's a major stumbling point for a lot of people, men and women, where they just have this naive view that you have to be nice. You see it in international relations too. Um, <laughs> if we're just nice to the mean people, they see that's why they're mean is because people were mean to them when they were, but there's a, there's really two views of human nature. One is like, I would say a biblical human view of human nature where uh, Cain killed Abel, if you're familiar with the story, Wendy, from Genesis. Cain killed Abel. Abel didn't do anything to him. I mean, it's just Cain had evil in his heart. And it might be kind of sound kind of naive to say that, but it, it's like just a phenomenology. It's, it's like you're just trying to describe what you see. There are some people that are just mean, and they seem to enjoy it. And some people, yes, they had a screwed up childhood. And yes, there's some kind of causation there. Maybe that mitigates their moral responsibility. But there are some people where it doesn't seem like you can explain it. And they victimize people. And it's that very thing that people can't wrap their mind around a lot of people. And so they don't prepare for effective self-defense. And it's really naive. And you're, you're so not naive. And I, I'm just, I wish I could dig in a little bit more. We had time to dig in a little bit more and see as an educator, I want to know, how did you get not naive? Like, how did you break out? Of, were you always like that as a little kid? <laughs> or we'll have were to you have just, you on again, for sure. Were you based and lit, you know, when you were born or, you know, so yeah, exactly what Curtis said. Absolutely. Anytime. Okay, well, we're going to promote this, not me SD. It's a hashtag too, right? Yes. Hashtag not me SD, not me OC, not me IE mm-hmm. on the website or uh, San Diego County's gunners.com. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us. I was so blessed getting uh, able to get to know you anymore. Uh, more. Curtis, did you have something else that you wanted to? Uh, nothing more than what I haven't already said. I mean, just to re- recap, I, I love that you're uh, advocating for women to not be victims um, and not wallow in that victimhood. Um, and it, it, yeah, being your own first responder, th- that's huge. That's huge. So keep doing what you're doing and we'll give support. We'll, we'll talk accolades. We, we love everything you're, you're about with this organization. It's great. Thank you very much. Thank you both. The pleasure Please keep making yourself not unique <laughs> yeah like so there's that. more so there's more of you i like that a lot and yeah. we can change the culture okay wendy thank you so much i'm gonna i'm gonna pause now